Okay, now Father Akin, thank you for this Simchat Torah and this Simenias Eretz. Thank you, Lord, because you gave us the Torah. And we are able to worship you by obeying your commandments. Yes. And thank you, Father, for this amazing community. And just help us to, to do better for you, for your kingdom, for the following cycle of the Torah. Just heal our minds, hearts, and bodies. So, this is very intense, this is very, uh, I could speak for about three hours in here, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to scare you, I know, um, it's very difficult. Uh, there's so many verses and chapters, even books that merge onto these amazing celebrations. And the prophetic prophetic writings, as well as the Haggadish and Kabbalistic sources, we find that Sukkot has a special relationship with the Messianic era and a unique connection to the nations of the world. I mean, if we review all of this, uh, it's going to take us a lot of time. I, I mean, you, you, you do this over the year, you know, while you are studying your, you know, in your Torah studies. You'll see it. Kind of like not in order. Why? Because they concentrate in this day, uh, which is not necessarily the end of the cycle, but the link for the beginning of the cycle. I don't know if I, you know, if I, it's like, you know, you have the scroll. Let me see if I can do this. You have the scroll, you just read at the end. Let's say Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 34. And let's read from 10, the last three verses. There has not risen again a prophet in Israel like Moses, whom Adonai knew face to face, with all the signs and wonders Adonai sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh, all his servants, in all his land. Keep in mind that Egypt represents the nations right there. It was like the United Nations then. And then he says, by the strong hand and great awe, the Moses did in the sight of all Israel. And then immediately after that, we should read, if we're just going back to the future, this is the future. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then goes the whole story. And this portion of Bereshit, that we're not going to read at all during this, uh, this uh, Yom Tov, but it ends up with a very interesting verse. Ends up with chapter 2, verse 3. And verse 2, it says, God completed on the seventh day his work that he made, and he ceased on the seventh day from all his work that he made. So it's, it's a great message right there, just in a couple of verses I just read it to you. Um, and so the significance of this, of this day is so amazing. So, I mean, I know you've been reading all this 
all this year, and you know what I'm talking about. You don't know Martians at all. Um, and so, this is just a day that is separated from Sukkot, basically. It's not Sukkot. You, in this day, what, what makes a difference is the rituals. The rituals make a difference. You're not supposed to uh, do the, the lulav anymore. You don't check the lulav today. You don't, you don't, if you don't want to, you don't eat in the Torah, in, I mean in the sukkah. You can't eat in the Torah. <laughs> uh, you cannot eat in the sukkah. I mean, you, you, if you want to, but it's not, you know, re required that you do that. As a matter of fact, I'm going to need help to take that down today, because tomorrow's going to be all wet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can do it, but I'm getting old. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm getting retired. <laughs> I need new tires. Okay? And so, basically, this is a follow-up of, of Sukkot. When you read the text, uh, Leviticus 23, 33, 36 says, and I'm reading from the complete Jewish Bible now, he says, Adonai says to Moshe, tell the people of Israel on the 15th day of this seventh month is the feast of Sukkot for seven days to Adonai. I mean, well, in this, and, and we've been talking about it in the Sukkah, right? In our studies, in our questions and answers, we've been talking about it. This is, this is a testimony from Israel. All of you are Israel, right? Yes. Because you believe in the Messiah the Jewish Messiah who's part of Israel. So you are part of Israel as well. So we're supposed to give a testimony for those nations who they don't believe yet. And they're just next to you. They are our neighbors. So this is a testimony, but not just necessarily the ritual, but how, how you behave in front of those people. How do you, what kinds of words do you say? What kinds of, uh, of, of movies you see? What kinds of jokes you listen to, what kinds of, you know, all those things. Are you making a difference for the society? I mean, it's nice when you see the, the when I see you doing the ritual. It's beautiful, but how are you behaving when you're by yourself in front of people? What kind of words are, are, or words are coming out of your mouth when you, when you are under heat, meaning when somebody push you, when somebody pinch you, when somebody, you know, just punch you a little bit in the head with some words. How do you respond to heat? How do you respond to fire? We've been tested in here. We've been tested. And we're going to keep doing it. Not, I'm not talking about your wives, people, or your husbands. I'm talking about the people who you work with. I mean, you start in your home, of course. You should start in your home. People who you study to, in college, in university, on 85 when somebody cross over you. Do you say, bless you, instead of another word? You should. You should. You know? And when I say you, I'm talking about myself too. Because the Lord is step on my toes, and he's doing it every day. And I, I, I need to ask you for forgiveness if I offended you in any way or form. When we teach, sometimes we say things that might offend you. But sometimes it's the truth. Yeah, we, cannot, we cannot play with the truth. 
The truth is the truth. I cannot play with it. Only the Martians got offended and they kind of <laughs> and <laughs> came over to, to say something to me. If I haven't offended you yet, wait for your turn. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen, people. I mean, I love you all. But sometimes I'm, oh, I'm a human being. Me and Rabbi Scott, we are human beings. And sometimes we're not in a good mood. Simple as that. Or we have some pain. He's a human being. Sometimes he's got some pain in his body, his mind. He's busy. He's overwhelmed. He's got many things to do. You know? And, and sometimes I don't respond to your calls right away. Because my customer service is not as good as the one you, you, you think it's going to be. You know what I mean? I don't have my team, customer service team is not as good as uh, your credit card. <laughs> it's because we live in a society of, it's a microwave society. We want everything by yesterday. You know, I'm reading something or I'm watching a video and I'm carrying my phone because I don't want to miss it and I'm putting something in the microwave and it's only a minute and I'm like, come on, come on, come on. I'm in the same place as you. We are in the same arc, and it stinks. But it's better to be in that arc than in outside, in the outside world. Trust me, it's much, much better. And so, I'm just gonna read you a couple of other things. I haven't even started it yet, can you believe it? And, and so, I'm just gonna read a couple of things about the meaning of the holidays, about what some rabbis believe. You know, we, uh, I don't know what you did on Sunday for, for Shana Rabbah, but let me just read what Yeshua did then. Let's go to, I think it's John, uh, the Gospel of John. I always call it Gospel, not Gospels. There's only one Gospel with four different uh, versions of it. There's more, but we accepted four, right? There's like 13 different versions. But some of them, or probably all of them, are really mystical, Gnostic, whatever. Um, let me see if I'm not mistaken. I think it's John 7. I hope it's John 7. Yeah, it says... 7 what? 37 to 39, thank you. Yes, I have a new Bible, people. It's supposed to be a giant letter, but then I'm trying to magnify it, and it's not working. I don't know why, but it, it's not working. Anyways, uh, 37. On the last and greatest day of the feast, what was the last and greatest day of the feast? Huh? Yesterday, Oshana Rabbah, right? Yes. Yeshua stood up and cried out loudly, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Wow. What did they do in Oshana Rabbah? Huh? They do a ritual of what? Water elevation, right? So imagine these Levites are chanting the prayers 
you know, they chant in the prayers, and some of them are probably doing it before or after, oh, Shia now, oh, Shia now, God save us, please. And suddenly, he cried out loudly, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Man, I hope we can drink this water every day. Drink from his essence. Drink from his essence. I love the rabbis. I'm going to read some of them. But none of these rabbis die for me. Okay, none of them die for me. So, we've we got to stick to what Rabbi Yeshua says to us. Amen. He is part of our halakha as believers. Yes. Yeah, and yes, there are many traditions, and beautiful traditions, don't get me wrong, because everything we do is a tradition from the Talmud. The sukkah is being put up by the norms, by the rules of the rabbis. The way we dress our talits and, 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 and everything else is about the kippah and everything else. Those are beautiful traditions. Um, but don't get caught out on the traditions only. Move on. Move on from that and behave as a son of God. As part, of, as you are a person, part of the kingdom. You are an ambassador. You're priest of this kingdom. And Yeshua HaMashiach is our king. Don't get confused with the, with the minutia, with all these little things that's going on in there. There's a lot of minutia, and it's beautiful. But if your head starts to feel bigger, not because of your hair, but because, <laughs> because of ideas and things, stand up, leave that commentary, and go back to the gospel. And the book of Acts, that I believe it should be our halakha. And yes, online you can find many beautiful teachings, beautiful teachings. But sometimes it might get you confused. The, the Bible is very simple. It's made to simple people, farmers and shepherds, and some skillful workers. There were a few scholars in there, as today. So if it is simple, why we make it so mystical and sophisticated and confusing. Go back to the meaning, to the peshat, to the, the, the basic meaning. And any midrashim, any midrash that you hear, it should be speaking to the peshat. If it goes away from the basic meaning, then you got to consider what you are reading. And what kind of traditions are you doing? Ask yourself, what kind of things am I doing? And then ask yourself your motivation of it. What is my motivation of doing this? Why am I in this congregation? Why am I studying the Torah? Why am I doing this and that? Why? What am I trying to accomplish? Why, why I'm doing it? It might be that I'm hating something for my own life and I want to cover it up with religious stuff. Maybe. I'm not saying you are doing it, but maybe it's that way. And that's why Yeshua was, you know, talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He says you should be better than those guys. 
much better than them, better than the Pharisees and Sadducees. So in here, we see that Yeshua is talking about himself. And on 38, he says, whoever, be whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living waters. Are you giving water to the thirsty people out there? Are you giving living water to your husbands, your wives, your children, even your pets? Are you giving this richness that you have inside of you? Or are you just studying the Torah to get knowledge? And you stick with it, just like any historical book, or Moby Dick, or I don't know, any other book that you ever read. Now he says this about the Ruach, whom those who trusted in him were going to receive. For the Ruach was not yet given, since Yeshua was not yet glorified. That doesn't mean that the Ruach was not there. It's from the beginning. We read the beginning, right? Right in verse 2. It says the spirit of Adonai was by the water. It was not given to glorify them, to, to glorify you. It was not given to, to allow these people with that power that we felt even today to talk about the gospel. When they heard these words, some of the crowd says, this man really is the prophet. We're talking about the prophet, Moses, on verse 34 of the Deuteronomy. But this is the prophet. They were waiting for the prophet. Others were saying, this is the Messiah. Still others were saying, the Messiah doesn't come from the Galilee, does he? Prejudice. And <laughs> some other things. that Nothing changed under the sun, right? Nothing changed under the sun prejudice and, and, and some other words that I can even came out of my mouth. Uh, didn't the scripture says that the Messiah comes from the seed of David, David, and from Bethlehem, David's town, hello, he is from there. So a division arose in the crowd because of Yeshua. Some wanted to capture him, but no one laid hands on him. And so on. I mean, read the whole chapter. It's really beautiful. You want to start to, to study it now? Or I keep going? So I told you this is the festival of redemption, right? And it has to do with the, with the, the messianic era. Um, to God is dwelling with these allusions concerning the messianic era, the spiritual climax of world history. The Vilna Gaon, one of the best uh, rabbis I ever read from the Middle Ages, he's saying some very good stuff. He says, the festival of the month of Tishrei parallels the Jewish vision of the future. All the concepts of the month of Tishrei are hints to the future, for judgment takes place on Rosh Hashanah, and afterward forgiveness of sin is granted on Yom Kippur. This is allowed by Sukkot to Menezeret and the joy thereon. So too in the future, the great day of judgment will occur, followed by that 
which has been said, I will sprinkle upon you pure waters and purify you. I mean, this verse sticks with the one we just read from the Gospel of John, the version of John. I mean, the written record is right there in front of our eyes. And this is Ezekiel 36. He only gives you one verse of Ezekiel 36, which is telling you, the Bin Nagaon is telling you, read Ezekiel 36. So you might get it. And then he gives you another from Jeremiah 50. I will forgive whatever is left. Jeremiah 50. Afterwards on Sukkot will be the seven canopies as is known as the verse says. And then he gives you Isaiah 4. And a sukkah will be for shade from the day. And the time of a rejoicing and the strangers will stand and shepherd your sheep. That's in Isaiah 61. In other words, the Vilna Gaon is telling you to read the prophets. Don't forget about the prophets. Afterward, from Chimenea Zeres, when those who deny the true God will be destroyed and the people of Israel will rejoice alone. Uh, it will be a day of completion, which is another word for Azeris for you. And this is Pesachim 68. The ceremonies of Sukkot clearly indicate the theme of redemption. The festival of Pesach reminds us of creation. We are in Pesach. It reminds us of creation. It is the festival of Israel's national creation, celebrated in the season, season of rebirth, or spring. Shavuot commemorates the revelation of God at Sinai. We celebrate with all night study to prepare for the giving of the Torah. Sukkot, however, looks ahead toward the final redemption in processional Hoshanot, the ones we did, seven or eight, okay? In procession of Oshanot, we call upon God to please, please save or she and I. The Sukkah is a miniature model of Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden, Eden. The once and future paradise. See what I'm telling you? We are going back to the future into which we invite our esteemed ancestors to dine with us, the Ushkizim, our guests, as we will dine with them in the world to come. Remember the big table we are invited to at the end of all times? This is what the prophets are talking about. We gather the four species and weigh them together, a symbol of the people of Israel joined together as one united entity and once more hinting to future times. In other words, we are a testimony for the nations. We inviting them when we check the lulav for the four corners and up and down for his covenant, where uh, he tell us, okay, I make heaven and earth a witness. Again, those testimonies of two witnesses. That if you don't accomplish all of this, you may be cursed. I'm paraphrasing. Another allusion to the connection between Sukkot and the Messianic era can be found in the Haftarah, additional Torah reading for Sukkot, which describes the prophecy of the Word of God in Magog that we read uh, in uh, uh, Shabbat Chochamoyah uh, Sukkot. Zechariah 14, 
um, the prophecy of the word of God of Magog describes the cataclysmic battles that will result in the final redemption and messianic era. From one to three, behold, God's awaited day is coming, and your spoil will be divided in your presence. I shall gather all the nations to Jerusalem to wage war. The city will be conquered. Then God will go out and wage war with those nations, as on the day he waged war, the day of battle. Verse 9, God will be the king over the entire world. And you don't need to elect him, okay? He's going to be your king, you like it or not. On that day, God will be one, and his name will be one. Verse 11, they will, I mean, it's not just what we've been ever so much. Yeah. 11, they will, they will dwell within her, and destruction shall be no more. Jerusalem shall dwell secure. Is Israel secure now? Is Jerusalem secure now? No, it's not yet. 16, and it will happen that all who will be left from among all the nations that come up on Jerusalem, they will ascend every year to prostrate themselves before the king, God, master of legions, and to celebrate the festival of Sukkot. Wow. This is great. I have to make a break here. Faith says, a rabbi died. Rabbi from Israel died, and he went to heaven. So in heaven there were long lines waiting to get in. And they said, "You were a rabbi from Israel." He says, "Yeah, well, you gotta wait down here because you know I'm a rabbi of Israel. What are you talking about? I'm sorry, but that's the way it is here." And suddenly he's waiting, 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 and suddenly a bus driver. Not from New York, but from Israel died. And maybe one from New York as well. I don't know. I gotta find out. But a bus driver from Israel died. Those who've been in Israel, you know how those guys drive. Let's compare him with the one from New York, okay? <laughs> and then he got in quickly. Boom! Right in. Oh, you're a bus driver. Yeah, come in. Yeah, everybody. You know, celebrating. And the Lord is like, what? What's going on here? Why is this guy getting, he's just a bus driver. Well, Rabbi, we didn't tell you, but anytime you preach, people were sleeping. Anytime this guy drives, people were praying, okay? So, I'm sorry, but they pray more. So if you're sleeping, just to wake you up. I know you weren't. I know you were praying. You were meditating and praying for me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, again, I could go and on and on and on. I mean, I got 50 pages here. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. We're going to do this in another opportunity. So, this rate 22, the day after the seventh day of Sukkot, is the holiday Shemini Azeret in Israel, Shemini Azeret. It's also the holiday of, of Simchat Torah. Outside of Israel, where extra days of holiday are held, only the second day of Shemini Azeret is Simchat Torah. Shemini Azeret is Tishri 22 and 23, while Simchat Torah is Tishri 23. 
Here at Pesach and I, we celebrate a both together, just like they do it in Israel. Okay? And according to the verse we just read, you didn't read this verse? Uh, I was in Leviticus 23, and I jumped to some other places. On the first day, there is to be a holy convocation. This is talking about Sukkot. Do not do any kind of ordinary work. This is a Yom Tov. A, 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 it's like a Shabbat. Okay? And it's actually a Shabbat. 36, it says, for seven days you are to bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. On the eighth day, you are to have a holy convocation and bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. It is a day of public assembly. There you go, Shemeniah Kareth. Do not do any kind of ordinary work. So that's, that's why we do this celebration on this day. These two holidays are commonly thought as a part of Sukkot, but that is technically incorrect. Shemeniah is a holiday in its own right and does not involve some of the special observances of Sukkot. We do not take up the lulav and the struggle to this day, and our dwelling in the sukkah is more limited and performed without reciting a blessing. Shemeniah literally means the assembly of the eighth day. Rabbinic literature explains the holiday this way. Our creator is like a host who invites us as visitors for a limited time, but when the time comes for us to leave, he has enjoyed himself so much that he asks us to stay another day, another related explanation. Sukkot is a holiday intended for all the nations, but when Sukkot is over, the creator invites Israel, his people, to stay for one, an extra day for a more intimate celebration. Isn't it beautiful? Simchat Torah means rejoicing in the Torah. This holiday marks the completion of the annual cycle of weekly Torah reading. Each week in synagogue, we publicly read a few chapters from the Torah, starting with Genesis 1 and working our way around the Aronami 34. From Simchat Torah, we read the last Torah portion, then proceed immediately to the first chapter of Genesis, reminding us that the Torah is a circle that never ends. Remember the circle that is going up, like an spiral, this ladder going up. And then any time I do this, I really enjoy it. Just besides all the challenges, just to put the sukkah together is a challenge. Take it down is another challenge. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just a challenge, but I enjoy it. It's just beautiful. This circle never ends. We never get retired, see. Sorry to speak to you. I got, this, I got you out now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. This completion of the readings is a time of great celebration. There are processions around the synagogue carrying Torah scrolls and plenty and high spirits singing and dancing in the synagogue with the Torah taught. As many people as possible are given the honor and an aliyah reciting a blessing of the Torah reading. I mean, it's a whole day celebration. It's a whole day celebration. In fact, even children are called to for an Aliyah blessing on Simchat Torah. In addition, I, I mean, I've been in places where they, you know, the whole scroll is being extended and everybody's just reading portions of it. It's just beautiful. 
many people, if as possible, are given the honor of carrying the Torah scroll in this procession. Children often follow the procession around the synagogue, sometimes carrying small toys for us. We do here banners, which is easier. In some synagogues, confirmation ceremonies or ceremonies marking the beginning of a child's Jewish education are held at this time. Shimeni Azeret and Simchat Torah are holidays on which work is now permitted. So, what's the most notorious thing in this celebration? It is the only portion of the Torah we don't read publicly on Shabbat, but on Shimeni Azeret. Have you realized? We don't read it here in, in Shabbat, but in Shimeni Azeret, Simchat Torah celebration. You know, in my class every time, oh, what are we going to we're going to study that. I sent you a paper about it, by the way. Um, and it should be the last paper of the, the cycle. This portion of the Torah, Haftarah and Apostolic Scripture, has some great pictures of the past, present, and future. Pictures of the past that we can see today, but yet they will happen in the future in the world to come. It's under this reading, when we look closely, that we are able to see clearly the revelation of our Creator. He shows us His love and expresses how close we are, not only to see, but to touch and live into His redemption. The Torah, in the final verses, gives us the reference of the Messiah, the one who will be like Moses. Since that time, there was not arising in Israel a prophet like Moshe, whom Adonai knew face to face, verse 34, 10. So the only one should be the Messiah, Yeshua, right? The prophet that we're talking about in the book of John. In Bereshit, the Lord gave us the revelation of how we came about. So when we find out the origins of our existence, we can find the purpose of our life here on earth, and we can see the picture of the shadows of the world to come, the final, and at last our redemption. And yes, the Haftarah and Joshua is still applicable for us today. Be strong, be bold. For you will cause these people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers and I will give it them. Only be strong and very bold and taking care to follow all the Torah which Moshe, my servant, ordered you to follow. Do not turn from it either to the right, to the left, then you will succeed wherever you go. Yes, keep this book of the Torah on your lips and meditate on, on it day and night so that you will take care to act according to everything written in it. Then your under, undertakings will prosper and you will succeed. That's the key of successful. That's the key to succeed. Not your titles, not your accomplishments, not your money, not your cars, not your job, is keeping the Torah. I'm pretty sure that when I get there, my Lord will say, well done, my servant. He's not going to say my rabbi. He's not going to say my doctor, my lawyer, my pastor. He's going to say my servant. Are you a servant of the Lord? So we're going back to the future. So if we do that, we have very clear in our minds and hearts 
we are, we are going to do. By reading these verses, we are able to see that we are going back to the future. Let me explain why. The whole purpose of the Torah is to reveal our redemption through the life, teachings, death, sacrifice, resurrection, and kinship of Yeshua, our Messiah. But what do we do in the middle? In the beginning, like water and life was created by his word. In the end of time, in the world to come, we see a new heaven and a new earth. That time, God's Shekinah will be with us, with mankind, and he will live with us then. We, we will be his people, and he himself, God with us, will be our God. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the Aleph and the Tau, the beginning and the end, to anyone who's thirsty, he himself will give water free of charge from the fountain of life. Can you see what's going on? Can you see it? Can you see this picture clearly? Can you see what the angel showed to John in the book of Revelation? The angel showed me the river of the water of life, sparkling like crystal, following from the throne of God and the Lamb. Between the main street and the river was the tree of life, producing 12 kinds of fruits, a different kind every month. And the leaves of the tree were for healing the nations. No longer will there be any curses. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Night will no longer exist, so they will need neither the light of the lamp nor the light of the sun, because Adonai, God, will shine upon them, and they will reign as kings forever and ever. Have you realized we are kings and queens? So you all know that the main themes of the High Holidays are Teshuvah, repentance, Tefillah, prayer, and Tzedakah, charity. To me, if we don't do Teshuvah, is it possible to move to the other things? You can pray as many times you want. You can bring as many food you want. You can give up all your money. But if you haven't done Teshuvah, sorry, you haven't done anything. And yes, we are closing the, the cycle of the Torah, rejoicing in the war and all of that. But let's approach all this time at the, in this last celebration to meditate in our habits and behavior. There is a story I want to tell you, and I'm going to finish with this. And this is an autumn note. There was a husband and wife who fought for years over one of his habits that he, that, that she found so annoying. So, you know, you might identify with this story. But I'm going to read it again. There was a husband and wife who fought for years over one of his habits that she found so annoying. He will never remember to put the top back on the toothpaste. Some of you are doing it, it's just an story. This went on for 50 years. 
Finally, he decided one day that he was going to change. After all, you know, this was a small habit to unlearn, and she was so good to him that he ought to do it. Besides, the high holidays were coming near, and this is a time when people are supposed to repent and change their bad habits. So he began putting the tub back in the tube. He did it for a day, two days, three, a week, and she never says a word. <laughs> Finally, she says to him, Dear, why have you stopped brushing your teeth? <laughs> this little story by an unknown author teaches that it is not enough to repent. It's not enough to repent. We also need to say that we are repenting. We need to tell the one whom we have hurt that we are sorry and that we are changing. Changing is half the job. Saying so is the other half. So there you go for, for you. So if you have not had the opportunity to use this great spiritual tool of repentance, you are still on time to completely rejoice on the rest of sins, prayer and charity. By doing that, you will experience how it is to use the love of God, not yours. How to use his thoughts and not yours. His character and not your character. To proclaim the good news with your example. The Zohar Raha is not the end of the Torah. It's just a connection between the books of Devarim and Bereshit. Let's enjoy his word, his Torah together. Let's celebrate and let's go back to our future. Baruch Yeshua So I encourage you to do that. And to be ready to go back to your future. Do not hesitate to say the same thing John the Apostle says at the end of the book of Revelation. What did he say? Come, Lord Yeshua. May the grace of the Lord Yeshua be with all.